The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Jesus is coming again, coming in glory, the Lamb that was slain. Jesus is coming again, coming again, coming again. Jesus is coming the vast wandering throng Jesus is coming again Tempests and whirlwinds the anthem prolong Jesus is coming again Coming again Coming
Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen! Hallelujah! Then came a voice from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Revelation 19. I want that invitation to the wedding supper of the Lamb. I don't want you to miss that great event. I don't want you to be cast out. Some have texted me saying, Pastor, you're causing fear. You're causing people to be afraid. Oh, I pray you're being afraid as you listen to these messages. I pray that fear rises up in your hearts that you would possibly miss this glorious event of the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's coming. It's soon. Are you ready? And so I lift up the trumpet and I loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? I shared with you yesterday the story of the seals in Revelation, the sixth chapter. I want to pick up there very briefly to introduce the message that God has given me today for you. The first seal is opened, and a white horse and a rider holding a bow and a crown. It's obviously not Jesus. I'll show you that in just a minute. It's the Antichrist. It's the Antichrist's power. That seal has been opened by Jesus. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, these seals have been opened. Now, when a seal is opened and it passes to the next seal, the first seal does not close. Rather, they all flow like a stream into one final grand climax in earth's history. And so we come to the fifth seal, 
and there is great persecution that's already happening in many parts of the earth. People are being beheaded and murdered for their stand for Jesus Christ. And then you come to the sixth and the seventh seals. These are the final events of earth's history. These are the events that wrap up the story. They're dramatic. You then have coming the seven trumpets blowing synonymously with parts of the seals. Then you have the seven thunders and the angel instructs him, don't write down what the seven thunders are. We don't know what those are. And we see the grand conclusion as we read through Revelation. We read about the two witnesses coming, the woman and the dragon, the beast out of the sea. We read about the lamb and the 144,000, the three angels' message that goes forth. And then we have the seven angels with seven plagues and the fall of Babylon. And when the fall of Babylon happens, Jesus will come. We are right there at the edge. Chapter 19 that I shared with you in the opening of this broadcast. Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments, and he deals with wickedness. And the wedding... Supper of the Lamb has come. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus comes with his prophets, both instructing in righteousness and foretelling for us what will happen? The testimony of Jesus concerns the wonderful and great events of the final days of earth's history. It's amazing as I read this story. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is Word of God. It's John the Apostle writing this. It's John who wrote, the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus being spoken of, not the first man riding on the white horse with a bow and a crown. No, this man, the Word of God, comes with eyes blazing like fire, with many crowns. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. 
That is, they were righteous, they were holy. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has written the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for a great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals and mighty men, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free, slaves, small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and the, and the army. But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery furnace of burning sulfur. The rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. You may not like to hear this, my brother, my sister. This is not just science fiction this is going to happen a man from another realm is going to come but this time he does not come as a baby in the manger this time he comes as the king of kings to bring judgment upon the wicked and to end the suffering of planet earth to free the prison planet chapter 20 revelation is the story of an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. And he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He's bound for a thousand years. While the earth grows and populates and prospers under the rule, personal rule, of Jesus Christ. And after a thousand years, Satan is loosed for a short time, and he comes with mighty power, and he leads the entire earth to become an army, to come against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the camp of the saints. He gathers them together for battle. They're like the sand of the sea on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then comes the great white throne judgment where every man, every person is judged according to what he had done. You will be judged. 
and either you will be found righteous and worthy of the first resurrection, or you will come to the great white throne judgment. And after you've been judged according to what you've been done, you will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. My brother, my sister, this is not science fiction. You will face this. Now, there are those today who will preach that God has unconditional love. Know that as soon as you hear a man or a woman say, God has unconditional love, know that they are utterly deceived and do not understand the scriptures. Many of you have bought the lie of unconditional love. Nowhere in the scripture is unconditional love taught. If God had unconditional love, he would not be casting people into the fires of hell. We serve a God of unfailing love, but he is a God of justice. He is not a God of unconditional love. If he were a God of unconditional love, then every person would have to be saved, including the devil. And I've spoken with people who are so wrong in believing that even the devil and the angels will be saved in the end and will be brought into the kingdom of God. Nothing could be further from the truth. God will not force you to be righteous. Now is the time for you to overcome and make decisions about where you will spend your eternity. But now let me tell you what's in store and what the wedding feast will be like. Revelation 21. I stood beside the bed of my late father-in-law. He'd been in a coma for some time. We knew he had but moments yet to live. We gathered around his bed, the whole family. His wife stood beside him, holding his hand, totally unresponsive, under heavy medication. And mother asked me, Ray, would you read Revelation 21? And I began slowly to read this passage. And suddenly, as I read this passage, his eyes opened. He squeezed his wife's hand and he looked lovingly at her. And then he turned to listen carefully to every word of Revelation 21. And such a look of joy and peace upon his face. When I finished reading, I bowed my head in prayer. He closed his eyes. And he passed quietly into eternity. My brother, my sister, these are the realities of life and death. 
and you must be ready. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. You notice it does not say, He who claims the imputed grace of Jesus will inherit all of this. It does not say, He who walks under the covering of grace will be saved. It says, He who overcomes will inherit all of this and I will be his God. He will be my son. But the cowardly, those who are afraid to stand up and be recognized as followers of Jesus Christ, those who refuse to turn from worldliness because they want to be accepted, they want to be pleasured, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murders, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came to me and he said, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great mountain, high and great. He showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper, 
clear as crystal. To understand why this is called the bride of Christ. Because this is the home of the redeemed. This will be your home in reality. If you have overcome. If you are not cowardly. If you are willing to lay your life down for Jesus Christ. If you don't refuse to believe the true gospel of Jesus if you are not vile, if you're not a murderer, if you're not sexually immoral, if you don't practice magic arts, if you're not an idolater, if you're not a liar, all of these things will be yours. That's all of that which must be overcome. This city, this is Revelation 21, verse 12, it had great high, a wall with 12 gates, Twelve angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Now he measures this. And he, when, when he measures it, he finds that it is one thousand four hundred miles high. 1,400 miles cubed. The walls were 200 feet high with precious stone, huge precious stones in the foundation. Twelve gates with twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does not have his name written in the Lamb's book of life. So there will be an earth. There will be countries and nations. And there will be priests. And we'll all have a place in that great city. This city, one architect did the math and found that there was enough room in that city for every person who has ever lived on the earth to have a place, along with parks and streets. It's a huge, huge city, beautiful beyond imagination. Chapter 22, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, 
down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angels to judgments, the things that must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And then he told me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. It does not say, I will give to everyone according to what he has confessed. I will, it does not say, I will give to everyone according to what he has believed. No, it's what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gate into the city. Do you understand, when you wash your robes in the blood of Jesus Christ, you are born again. Your past sins are forgiven, and at the same time, as... As all of this takes place, by faith you will be made righteous, not by your works, but by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. You will be regenerate. The Holy Spirit will dwell in you, and you will be made righteous. You have washed your robe. You have the right to the tree of life. You may go through the gates into the city. 
Remember, it said nothing unclean can enter the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murders, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of water of life. Now, one of the most frightening statements for me in all of the book of Revelation. I remember it made such an impact on me as a child, listening to the preacher proclaim this word. It was terrifying to me. Revelation 22. Again, I'll share it with you. Then he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. In other words, probation for you and for me is going to come to an end. I don't know when it will come to an end, and neither do you. But the Word of God says that your probation will come to an absolute end. And when that probation closes for you, if you are walking in sin before God, you will continue to walk in sin and there will be no further opportunity for you to repent of your sin. If you are vile, you cannot change your behavior. If you love the world, you will not be able to stop loving the world, the flesh, and the devil. We come to a place where we are at the end of the earth. Now for you that may come first as you pass from this life in death through a virus, a heart attack. I have performed so many funerals in my life and I've stood beside graves and wept over the sinner because I know the day is going to come when he'll face the judgment seat of Christ and he is not saved. I can't tell you how many times I've stood before grieving families and said to them, Oh, my brothers and sisters, your daddy was not saved. He is condemned to hell because he loved wickedness. He walked in vile rebellion against the Almighty. Please, while you're still on probation, turn to Jesus now and repent and let him make you righteous in reality. What would someone have to say to be honest about you right now? 
if your funeral were to be held? Are you walking in righteousness before God? Or are you walking in rebellion against Him? Are you walking saved by grace, meaning saved with righteous works, having overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, and you no longer walk in the wickedness. You have been born from on high. You have been justified. You have been forgiven and made righteous. Or are you playing with your eternity? I know in the spirit that some of you today are having to look very seriously at this issue. For you know in your heart that what I am saying to you is right. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and calling you to surrender everything to Jesus. The Holy Spirit has been saying to you, lay down your weapons against the Lord God Almighty. The Holy Spirit has been saying to you, now is the time of salvation. Don't put off the decision. Act upon that decision now and turn from sin. Repent of your wickedness. Make it right with God and with your brothers and sisters. Let your pride go. Your pride cannot save you. Your pride will take you to hell. I've been preaching year after year, pleading with you on this broadcast that you would cast cast off everything that hinders you that you would be changed that you would mortify your flesh that you would make the decision to walk in holiness before God the churches have been shut down they're on they're on time out many churches will not ever reopen buildings are going to be foreclosed on Pastors are not going to have their salaries paid. The church is dying in America. Do you understand? It's not just small businesses or big businesses that are dying. Many of you go to a church that is simply another business. It's an entertainment center. It's an inspirational center, but it's not a godly center. Your preacher doesn't rebuke you for sin. And if he did, as one preacher I asked, I said, do you preach repentance in your church? He said, no, if I preach repentance, the congregation would all leave. And I said to him, and then what would you do for a salary? He said, I would be out on the street. No, pastor, I, I can't preach repentance and holiness, even though I know it's right. I wept over that man. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. Let him who is holy Continue to be holy. He is coming soon, and his reward is with him.
how will you stand in that great day? I have a piece of music I want to play for you. It's a piece of music that I've been singing. It's being sung by Lindsay Kirkland. Listen carefully. Lift up your heart to Jesus. Calling, oh sinner, come Calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me.
the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Almighty God, you have said by your Spirit, Come. And I, as a part of your kingdom, say to your people, Come. Get washed and clean. Drink the water of life. Turn away from all wickedness, from all sin, from all love of the world. Lord, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit is moving out over Washington, D.C. I pray, Lord, that right now your Holy Spirit is bringing conviction to the hearts of your people, that they would come weeping before you, and that they would come rejoicing before you, washed and made clean by your blood, Jesus, redeemed by your blood, made righteous, transformed and changed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, pour your Spirit out on Washington, D.C. right now and upon my brothers and sisters who are listening to this broadcast. Lord, pour out your Spirit. Lord, I know that there is no possibility for the unclean to be saved. No false covering of grace, no pretend covering of imputed righteousness can possibly save one of your saints. Lord, I know that we must all be washed in the blood. For the vile will remain vile. The sinner will continue to sin. And probation will close. And all will be lost. O oh, my Lord, my Jesus... We are preparing for the wedding supper, your wedding supper, the wedding supper of the Lamb. Lord, I don't want one person listening to this broadcast today to miss out on that wonderful, that wonderful banquet that's coming. Lord, I pray that men and women listening to this broadcast will tremble before you with fear because of the things coming upon the earth, and they will repent and get right with you that they could be a part of that great wedding supper of the Lamb. <laughs> oh, Lord, only by your Holy Spirit can these things take place in the hearts of your people. 
I'm praying now that you would come, Holy Spirit, and unlock the hardened doors of your people. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and move upon your people in this city, causing a great cry of repentance and then a great cry of victory as they finally come through into the sunlight of your presence. Oh, Jesus, will you move today upon your people? Lord, I know that many can't breathe, and they're dying because their throat is stuffed with all the things they love of this world. They have no way to breathe in your Holy Spirit. Lord, I know that many are going to die because they can't breathe your Holy Spirit. They can't get any breath. They've been taught false teachings. They've been comforted in their sin, Lord. They believed a lie. Oh, my Lord, will you come and unlock the hearts of your people? Would you come and clear the air passages for your people? Would you cause them to repent before you that they could breathe in your Holy Spirit? Lord, I thank you. I say glory, power, and honor belong unto your name, Jesus. I praise you. I worship you. I honor your mighty name. Glory to the name of Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I have a couple of announcements to make. Tomorrow is going to be a day of prayer. I invite you to call. I'll give you the phone number first in the broadcast. Come early. And I'm asking you to come and pray for America. Pray for our president and our Congress and our Supreme Court, our governors, our legislators. But before we pray for any of that, come. If you need to repent, call and repent honestly before God for your condition, your coldness of heart, the wickedness of your life. Call tomorrow. Join with all of us as we pray. I'm not going to teach tomorrow. I'm going to pray tomorrow. Don't pray casual little prayers. Come and cry out to the maker of heaven and earth. He'll hear us. And he will turn and leave a blessing with us. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Tomorrow we pray. Share with friends. Invite them. Now, I also, we're coming to the end of the week and the end of the month. And we are still several thousand dollars short of being able to cover the radio bill for this month. Would you step forward? If you have the resources, would you give hilariously? And if you don't have the resources, would you sacrifice a little of what you do have 
like the widow who fed Elijah. Would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or go online, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I pray this message has helped you in your journey toward God and toward heaven. I'll talk to you soon.